You know, Lawrence, it was just a penalty that Zlatan scored. But, you know, Zlatan, Ronaldo, we're not going to get to see that much. Uh, you know, it's not really going to happen anymore. I mean, you know, Zlatan, he's, he's finally maybe too old to think about next year. But it was fun to watch that game. I mean, it was it was an entertaining game. Yeah, but there's so much happening right now that beyond that, I'm just wrapped up in, one, the start of the MLS, also the Copa por Mexico, Plus, La Liga has been tremendous, and we knew it would be a fight to the finish. Premier League, some things of interest, and I want to, at some point today, talk about Werder Bremen. Of course you do. But first, Phil and Ray. <laughs> Laid nice off, Beesman for Messi. Flips it back oh. for the Frenchman, a oh. delicate oh. That one is going to count. A work of art for Griezmann. The Louvre is calling Barcelona. They want to hang that one, that one up in their fancy museum in Paris. Defense starts seeing it's Hail Mary's full of grace as they back off when Messi gets it because he's got so many selections. And Leo lays it down. Yeah, that being sports, and you know the oh man, I, I, the Ray Hudson calls are just too much. The man. scream before. The call. Ah! That's the funny part. That's that's the funny. Part. You, you know, um, he's he's a treasure, and uh, the broadcasts have been fantastic. Look, as La Liga now starts to wind down, you're seeing a variety of things that are becoming known entities. Espanol uh, will be relegated, and uh, Rafete tried. What he could at the very end, and it didn't matter. A loss to Barcelona, and and really they, they fought to the very end. Uh, we'll be sending them down. You see at the very top the Real Barcelona fight. Well, what would turn the tide and make it flip? Well, I mean, right now, look, it, it's kind of funny. You're seeing you're seeing Madrid as kind of almost like this workman kind of like team. Like they're just getting it done. They're going out there. They're playing well. They're playing good defense, which is amazing when you look at a team that has these kind of weapons that they're actually a very good lockdown defensive team. Now, if you take it from the other end and you look at Barcelona, Barcelona has been a hot mess until a couple of days ago when – that goal was scored when they scored four goals. I mean, you know, people were saying, this is it for Messi. This is his last year. That was the big rumor. Um, you know, I don't see Messi leaving Barcelona. But, you know, it's amazing that a team right now, I mean, look, Madrid has a game in hand, but they're only one point down from Madrid. And, you know, they're playing pretty good soccer. I mean, you know, they won. I mean, they beat their crosstown rivals, who, as you noted, are getting relegated. So it's not it's that big of a deal. Madrid has a pretty easy line coming ahead of them. I mean, you know, they got Granada, Villarreal, Leganes. I mean, none of these teams are just, like, scary, uh, scary good or even scary mediocre. So, you know, does Madrid trip up and get one or two draws like Barcelona did in the last couple of weeks? I, I, it's a possibility. I think what's most important about Barcelona is, is that they need to finish strong uh, they need to finish out with wins, and even if they finish second place, I just I don't know if the Barcelona front office can deal with this team losing a game. It just seems it seems so odd that they can have a good season, they can play well, and the expectations are so high that two draws in a row, all panic ensues. They want to get rid of Griezmann. 
they honestly should have never gotten him in the first place. Uh, so the off season, of course, is going to be really interesting to see what happens. But I, I just I don't see a way that it turns around. I'm glad that there's this race at the end. I'm glad that La Liga right now is the most exciting league in Europe, in my opinion. But I, I, I just don't see a world where Madrid's going to gonna have two draws, and that seems to be the only way that Barcelona would end up on top. Well, the top three teams are enthralling. It's it's really impressive to watch it. Atletico, uh, Real Madrid, exactly. and Barcelona, and and, and you know, and, and, and Villarreal has been something to kind of keep an eye on as well. You know, um, it, you think about. It'll be nice to see if Valencia can get in that top six. Valencia has played some some games that uh, you know they're looking better. Real Sociedad, same thing. Like. It's 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 almost like I'm more interested in who's going to get into Europe and Europa than I am Champions League because it, it looks pretty locked down. I think uh, Sevilla will, of course, finish fourth. Uh, but like you said, Lawrence, these games just on their own are just good to watch. To watch the way Real Madrid plays is is entertainment. To watch the way Barcelona plays, especially when they're on, it's, it's incredible. I mean... You know, let just listen to Ray Hudson, man. He'll let you know. Yeah, and listen to PK too, talking about all the uh, PKs that Sergio Ramos is taking. I mean, there there is a bit of soap opera and drama beyond just what's going on in the boardroom at Barcelona. They really believe the fix is in, in some degree. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, I know that we should probably give some really in depth analysis, but it's just too hard to follow when it comes with Barcelona, like. You know, one day they're going to just get rid of everybody, and Messi's going to Argentina uh, to go play with his his boyhood team. And then the next day, oh, everything's fine, and maybe we'll pick up Neymar in the off season. So in the Premier League, you look at what's happening as well, and uh, Southampton taking down Manchester City, and on the broadcast on NBC Sports Network, Arlo White with Lee Dixon, and they're talking about the nine to nothing drubbing that Southampton suffered against Leicester City earlier in the season. A lot of people were calling for the head of one Ralph Hasenhutl, and we'll get into this in a second, but just check out the logic that's laid down here at the end of the broadcast. I go back to that 9-0 defeat, Lee, because it was the biggest away victory in the history of the top flight of English football. I mean, it was just remarkable. And you thought there was a team here that had completely stopped playing for the manager. Because how on earth can you lose by nine goals to nil? It's like losing an NFL game 90 points to nil. It just doesn't happen. And it says a lot about Hassan Hurtle, his character, and the fact that he still had the dressing room and their recovery has been excellent. You know, the Chiefs at some point planned to beat the Chargers that way. I think, yeah, but but I don't I don't I don't know that you know we'll see that anytime soon a nine to nothing defeat. But Ralph Hasenhutl, I mean, you know, a, a one nothing win over Manchester City that that doesn't solve everything. But they they stay up. They didn't have to call in a reclamation project. Uh, they played better and Danny Ings has been really awesome this season yeah you know it's interesting he brought up the football the 90 to nothing and and you know I think that from an NFL perspective Lawrence when both you and I heard that we're like well that's not really that's that's those things do not equate but if you think of it more from a college football standpoint and that's how I equate a lot of world soccer and even the Premier League 
is like, you know, you can have teams that get blown out, but who still have a good season. You know, you still have if you if Man City is a is an Ohio State and you know Hassan Hoodle's out there and he's kind of rowing the boat. He's the Minnesota. You know, could he keep his team even if they got blown out by Michigan by sixty points, which is something that happens, and then come back and and beat Ohio State? You know, I'm just kind of throwing names out there. But the thing is, is when you think about college football and you think about the level of the teams, and you also think about the fact that you'll have a huge blowout, but just because a team gets blown out doesn't mean that their whole season is gone. Doesn't mean that you're going to just lose the dressing room, as, as they said. Uh, and and it, it's not like the NFL because the talent isn't the same. The NFL, the level of talent is straight across the board. In college football, you have superstars, and then you have guys that are just filling spots, and you have that on these teams, but sometimes those superstars, even on the lower teams, even on the teams that are mid-table and lower teams, if they have a strong performance, then you see what happens against a team like Man City, and yeah, Man City, I feel like they were kind of mailing it in, but they're still Man City. They still go out there and try to win every game. Well, the other thing to be kind of considering right now in the Premier League is the race that you were talking about as it relates to La Liga for not just Champions League, but Europa League. And and right now down on Solshire Farms, you've got Greenwood mania taking place. I mean, the, the decision that this is the moment and, and this is the next great Premier League player has apparently been made. You listen to 606, you kind of follow the, the tea leaves out of not just Manchester, but just around the Premier League and United, they're, they're certainly feeling themselves right now. The big question mark is what the sport court of arbitration or whatever this thing is that's going to rule on Manchester City being eligible for Champions League or not may or may not open up the spot for the fifth place team. And there are teams hovering around that right now, and that is of high interest. Yeah, I mean, who would think that Man- Manchester United is... You know, they're a good streak away from being in the fourth spot. They're not that far behind Leicester, and they've been playing really, really well. Your Wolves are right there at six. I mean... Bad week, though. Yeah, but still, they're still there. You know, it's it's going to be interesting how this all plays out because, you know, I, especially myself, I kept on holding out hope that the Spurs were going to get it together, but that ain't going to happen. But you do. You have six or seven teams that all could be in Champions League, and you still have this Man City thing hanging over everybody. I... I think Man City's going to be allowed to play in Champions League. I, I never feel like that any governing board in world soccer has any teeth. They'll play. But I think that Manchester United is going to be in the Champions League. They have weathered the storm. You know, you know, before the restart, you know, everybody thought United was done. They thought Gunner was going to be a wrap. That was it. And, you know... The young talent, they just had to be patient. And I know that's hard when you're one of the most storied, one of the most valued. Are they the highest valued franchise or one of the most valued franchises in the world? It's hard to have patience. You know, the only valued franchise I can think of that actually has any kind of patience is the Cowboys. It's big money, and they waited, they were patient, and it's starting to pay off. So the Premier League is 
getting a clearer picture. And of course, the interest in La Liga right now is at an all time high. But in North America, uh, two tournaments taking place, one just beginning last night in Orlando as Orlando took down Inter Miami in the opener of the MLS's back tournament. And, you know, these other games that we're seeing around the world, they're taking place in stadiums. This situation, the wide world of sports, it's just a field, but it is MLS. It is back. They've got cameras up on cranes, and they're having to do these games pretty late at night because of the heat, and also very early in the morning. As we tape this right now, uh, Philadelphia Union had already taken down NYC FC in a match that started night like 9 a.m. on the East Coast. you got... All of these games flying around all day, starting the morning with MLS, going into the evening with uh, two matches during weekdays and weekends per evening uh, between Mexico City and Guadalajara as the Copa por Mexico is taking on. We'll talk about the Liga MX teams in a second here, but did you get a chance to see any of the MLS action? I mean, it it, it is kind of odd to watch, but there's also something interesting about it. And it is nice to see American soccer getting played again. It's nice to see these MLS teams coming out. Look, man, we have this devastating pandemic going on. And anything that just kind of shows a glimmer of normalcy, I'm happy to see. You know, it, it looks like Nashville is pulling out. I'm just hoping that this tournament continues on, that these guys stay healthy uh, continue to entertain us, continue to play, but of course stay healthy. I think it's still good for MLS to be out there. I think it's good for the teams to be playing. And yeah, these odd times that they're playing, I think actually works almost to their benefit. Certainly. And look, the I mean, the other elephant in the room here, you're talking about Nashville, but before the whole thing starts, FC Dallas has to pull out because of the situation and positive tests. And you know, all of these leagues that want to restart in North America, there's going to have to be some pushing forward, and the MLS certainly doing that. Also in the pregame of the Orlando-Miami match, uh, a very nice tribute and, and really thoughtful stuff as the social justice is brought to the forefront by the MLS as well as all these other leagues, and it's great to see it on television. It's great to see it on ESPN the network as you're watching these MLS games because that's going to be the biggest audience you could probably get in North America for soccer right now and you know we'll talk in just a bit about how you know Fox is divesting itself of certain properties the Bundesliga which is headed to ESPN Plus and uh, Serie A has been making a lot of you know its games uh, available on the ESPN networks not just ESPN Plus but we're watching all kinds of things but but the presentation uh, a very nice presentation for the MLS which takes us to Two Dna and this Copa por Mexico and finally without Chivas TV we're able to see Chivas on Two Dna and I'm I'm curious now that we've gotten a chance to settle in here on what these Copa por Mexico games are Bo what are you seeing I, I I'm I'm enjoying the soccer to a degree um, the presentation in the camera work is, is is excellent their decision to have that sort of max headroom Skype fan base that's just <laughs> kind of like splattered that. Yeah. you like it I, I kind of could do a I don't know. little I mean, less we, of that and do more do? like La Liga like, does uh, yeah I don't know sometimes the La Liga stuff I mean it's interesting because it's abstract I it doesn't really bother me I I think that you know it, once we step into having crowd noise or doing this or doing that, once we kind of manufacture some kind of uh, ambiance, 
I'm not going to get too picky about what it is. I think you just either need to go all the way one way or all the way the other. Uh, the product on the field, though, which is what really matters, I, I, it's coming together. You know, it's got to be tough to restart. And, and that's something that we're seeing in a lot of these games. Uh, even the La Liga restart, even the Bundesliga restart. It was like the first half of every game is kind of a mess. Uh, and then by the second half, everybody starts to get going. Everybody starts to get it together. Uh, I was very excited about the Copa Mexico games. I thought that, you know, Mazalan FC and Tigres, that was a very entertaining game. The, the uh, Club America game that was played in the deluge, uh, that, <laughs> that was a fun game to watch. Uh, so, I, again, I'm just happy that it's back. And, you know, with all the new news coming out about Liga MX and what it's got coming in the future, I, I, you know, these cup games, I mean, it's an exhibition in a way, you know, it's, it's a tune-up to the league getting back going at full speed, and, and I'm very happy with it. Yeah, that coming on the 24th of July and that weekend as – we do look forward to that and, and seeing the full slate of teams and, you know, early going, I mean, early impression of the eight teams that are taking place in this uh, Copa Por Mexico that are taking part, I should say, uh, Tigris looking very, very strong and, and Guignac just tremendous in this last uh, match against Guadalajara. And uh, I, I tell you, I mean, like, it wouldn't surprise me if Tigris took the title for this Copa Por Mexico and it's debut and then had a very successful season they look the most tuned in right now i mean yeah they do uh but you know that's kind of the thing about liga mx is it's it's it plays to streaks so this may be tigris's streak and maybe they can continue it into the regular season and maybe they can't uh there's a lot of teams that i think coming out of the gate are going to be vying for a top eight position that's the cool thing about it is look when German soccer starts, when Bundesliga starts, you're like, all right, well, here's you know, here's who are going to be the top three or four teams, and you know, sometimes you're wrong. Like one of the teams has a bad season, uh, but with Liga MX, I, you have no idea. You have no idea how good or how bad teams are going to be for the season because it's so short. Last year, Monterey. They played Liverpool for the Club World Cup. They were in the tournament for you know the semifinals. They played well against them too, and then they're the worst team in the league. So, you know, I again these cup games I think are tune-ups. I think they're scrimmages. Uh, I think they're exciting, but I'm not going to glean too much from them because once this season starts in Lawrence, they're going to be playing a lot. They're playing like an NBA style schedule. Um, it's it's going to be interesting to see who gets streaky first. You know, a team like Nacoxa, who we've seen reel off seven or eight wins in a row, they you know they could easily be top of the table. Well, I like it the schedule idea, and I mean it's obviously you know necessity is the mother of all invention, and you've got a situation where they are very dependent in many ways on the fan base that comes and shows up. Most sports leagues are, but but especially in the case of League MX, it's 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 communal, and that won't be there. So to offset some of the loss, they're hoping that television. And sponsorships around that pick up some of the loss of the gate and spreading out the game. So there's like one a night every night, some professional Mexican soccer to be played. The new Expansion League uh, joining the fray to the Asensio uh, being replaced by this in the hierarchy of things. And they'll have games kind of midweek and then weekends into like Monday night football kind of situation for Liga MX. You'll have 
major matchups. And, and, and I, I think they'll do a really great job with scheduling it so you see some major matchups as the season unfolds in key primetime spots where people will be watching. And the ratings in the United States are tremendous on Univision and Today NA. I, I uh, want to talk now just about the one final thing that happened with German soccer, and that was Werder Bremen holding off relegation by just the slimmest of margins and it happened this way oh, yeah. and, and this was really a good game it was and, and there's a lot you know riding on it definitely you know this is this is your life and in, in soccer is staying top division is being top division is getting to top division here's sort of where it was settled in the fs2 broadcast this is bartles Onside play on says the referee and Augustinsson has secured Werder Bremen's Bundesliga survival for another year. They have pulled off the most remarkable of escapes. They look dead and buried, but Florian Kohfeldt and Werder Bremen will be back in the Bundesliga next season. You have to feel for Heidenheim though. Yeah, that was a pretty exciting situation. Then Heidenheim got a penalty kick that really was insignificant. They, they made the kick. The game ended with away goal settling things at 2-2 is how things ended. But, I mean, the slimmest of margins, they stay up. And uh, Stuttgart and Bielfeld are the others that are coming up from the deuce as Werder Bremen stays in. And I really am looking forward to the next Bundesliga campaign, but it will not be on FS2, Bo. No, it will not. Yes, the uh, the other thing that got relegated was German soccer from Fox Sports. So as we leave you here today on Sound System FC, just a little bit more as we share a little bit of the sentimentality that is Fox Sports and Bundesliga separating as we listen to the final words of the final Bundesliga match on Fox For Bo Byerly, I'm Lawrence Scott. Thank you so much for joining us. This is Sound System FC as we leave you with a bit of broadcasting history. A long and extraordinary (laughs) Bundesliga season comes to a conclusion. And Werder Bremen will be in the top flight once more next season. Thanks for joining us. And we'll see you for the 2020-2021 campaign. But not on Fox so hard to say goodbye to yesterday